Clerk, you need some help. I can help you. I can give you some help if you just trust me. I can help you. I want to tell you something, Dr. Gale. From the time I was a little boy, they used to send me to a doctor every Saturday morning. Instead of able to play with the kids on Saturday, I went to the doctor. I used to piss the bed up till I was 18 years old. They sent me to a doctor for that. I had trouble with my ass. They sent me to a doctor for that. I had trouble with my praziotic head. They sent me to a doctor for that. And you're telling me you can help me? None of these punks have been able to help me. You doctor. went to see the wrong doctors. Oh, you I went to see the wrong doctors. Yo, yo, what's up, everybody? Each Society Podcast, 31 Days of Horror continues. All right, everybody. Um, hmm. But, yeah, uh, I, I can't do any of this without uh, my brother here. He's been with me for, I don't know, however many years we've been doing this, but Brian is in the house. What's up, brother? What's up, man? It's time to, time to really get it going now. It's 31 days. Yeah, um... This may be short, everyone, because we are coming at you with the 1980 horror thriller. Okay. Um, Don't answer the phone. Run if you must. Hello, operator. It's an emergency. Can you help me? Hide if you can. Scream (laughs) if you are able. Who's there? But above all, if you are alone. Don't answer the phone. He is out there, somewhere in the ground, behind you, beside you, ready to kill again. No attempt to conceal the body. It's almost like he wanted to be discovered. The nurse, the mom, the starlet. The student, the secretary. I am frightened of you. What does that do to you? Old man, I killed and raped them all. No one can stop me. You recognize this person? Because I'm too strong. done it before he would do it again he is doing it now don't answer the phone it's a movie yeah um (laughs) deeply disturbed vietnam veteran terrorizes the young women of los angeles and taunts a radio psychologist with descriptions of his grisly crimes. Okay, IMDb with the one sentence. <sighs> Here we go with the big paragraph. Uh, Vietnam veteran and sometime photographer Kirk Smith is stalking women in their Hollywood uh, is stalking women in their Hollywood, California homes and strangling them to death. While Lieutenant Chris McCabe begins a rather unsuccessful investigation, psychologist Lindsay Gale 
starts getting disturbing phone calls from Smith. Eventually, the psychotic Smith starts doing starts going after Gail's patients, killing them one by one. The stakes get even higher when Gail herself is kidnapped. Okay, this came out um, February 29th, 1980, and it's directed by Robert Hammer, and this stars... James Westmoreland as Lieutenant Chris McCabe, Ben Frank as Sergeant Hatcher, Flo Lawrence as Dr. Lindsey Gale, Nicholas Worth as Kirk Smith, uh, Denise Gallick as Lisa, Stan Hayes as Atkins, and a bunch of other people in this. Brian, don't answer the phone. Have you seen this before? I have never heard of this movie before, so I was kind of excited when you were like, let's do this one. So I was like, cool, a new one. And uh, <laughs> I mean, if, if it wanted to make you feel kind of sleazy, kind of dirty, then they, they, they succeeded at that because this guy, uh, Kirk Smith, the the main killer of the movie or the only killer of the movie uh he's got some issues and it's kind of weird the bodybuilding stuff was kind of weird <laughs> the, the his whole interaction with women and the phone calls and it's all kind of weird and a little little pornographic to me i i kind of want to know if the director maybe that's what kind of movies he was making outside of this one because a lot of the women were kind of scandally dressed at times for no particular reason and their clothes seemed to come off super easy <laughs> it was kind of weird uh well this is the only film he's directed as i see here um and also probably, he's a writer probably, producer probably can't put them other movies on imdb he does I guess not. Um, let me see. Robert Hammer is one was a one-shot filmmaker whose one film has been very anticipated by fans for almost 30 years now. Really? Uh, that film was the thriller Don't Answer the Phone, a story about, about a manic, manic, I don't know, something killer played by... To hilt by the late and great Nicholas Worth being attacked by the police, the film was decreed at the time by critics for its perverse misogyny, but fans liked what they saw and were even cheering on Worth as he pulled off each murder. Hammer spent his life before filmmaking, playing his trade, and so forth and so forth. But I mean... Uh, that's what they were going for, the misogynistic, perverse shit. I mean, they succeeded. Um, yeah, uh, I've never seen this. I've always wanted to see it. I don't know why uh, I didn't see it. Because I remember when it was in the theater uh, around the corner from my house. Because I remember seeing the poster going, oh, man, this looks cool. And I never really heard anyone talking about this. And so I was like, hey, well. I'd scour the internet and everything for movies. And uh, uh, this was on Plex. And oh my God, the ads. Yeah. 
10 ads. ads. Oh, like every few it was, minutes. It was like 10, every 10 minutes, it would just be a whole block of ads. Yeah, I was like, what the? I mean, one or two, all right. But 10 each time? I'm, oh, man. There must have been about 50, 50 ads, commercials, whatever you I want mean, to call it. But it, at least, at least two be the longer you get into the movie, the less ads you get. Yeah, no. Nah. Um, this is the first time me watching anything on Plex, and I'll only go there if I absolutely have to. And that was the reason I went there for this. Um, well, this does a, have a Blu-ray release. I am, I am not. You're not, you're, not, you're not going to Vinegar Syndrome and picking it up? No, man. I'm sorry, everyone. <laughs> this movie was fucking garbage. If you like it, you like it. Um, you didn't like the kills? Like that one girl where her clothes flew off? And he was tossing her around and he choked her and then her roommate came out and then he like Vulcan neck pinched her to death? <laughs> I like Nicholas Worth. He's always Bruno in my eyes from swamp thing um but and he's popped up in, in, a, in a ton of movies he, he's kind of one of those one guys but he uh he played a good crazy stalker killer rapist whatever uh, in this ex, film ex-war veteran slash bodybuilder slash uh pornographer pornographer photo photographer pornographic pho- photographer Sure, I yeah. can't talk. I was like, okay. I mean, I was all in. I had um, my drinks and my popcorn ready. I think what really killed it for me the most was all the ads. But watching the film, I was sitting there like ready to be scared because I, I, I don't know when. Uh, when did uh, he knows you're alone come out? Because I want to say that might have been uh, around the same time, or maybe not. Okay, yeah, see, He Knows You Alone came out in 1980 as well. And I remember seeing that. I remember seeing that on... Uh, I remember I saw some of it in the theater, but I never got to see the whole thing. I ended up seeing, ended up seeing the whole thing when it, once it hit Showtime. But I remember everyone talking about that at the time and, and later in podcasts and everything else, but I never really heard much people talking about this, so... And since I've never seen it, I was it's like, not, all right, let's watch this. It's not much to talk about. I mean, it's a pretty straightforward story. Uh, he's a psychotic killer. He likes to call into this uh, doctor's phone. Uh, it was a radio show. Yeah. And he murders women. The kills aren't that spectacular. Sometimes I'm kind of scratching my head trying to figure out how certain women died. I mean, he he broke into some houses. One one lady, he kind of just, oh, I'm a photographer. I'm gonna come in and take pictures of you. And she's like half already half naked anyway. And she goes, oh, here's my portfolio. He starts showing her. And she's like, oh, these are interesting. Then she gets to the middle stuff, and it's all the the porno pictures. And she's like, oh, this is disgusting. I can't work with you. You need to leave my house right now. And He's like, I ain't going nowhere, bitch. And then starts slapping her around and then strangles her to death. Yeah, he tore her clothes. Her Like, everything she had on just completely came off, like, immediately. It was the strangest thing. And that, that's the one I was talking about. The roommate came out. Yeah. And he, like, she... <laughs> he didn't even choke her. He had her, like, by her, like, 
shoulder and pushed her in the chair and then she like slumped over. Yeah, she came out in, in just her spankies, uh, flashing the goods and didn't hear her friend screaming uh, a few feet away. And she just came walking out like nothing was happening. Like this is an everyday thing. I'm going to walk around top of us and. He was this weird man that Vulcan neck pinched her to death. And yeah, she just like go ah, 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 and then sat down. And that and was it. The, the, the editing was weird. Like the, I don't know if it was the first kill or not, where he just, he follows that lady home and then she's immediately gets into her nightgown. No, that was the second kill. She immediately gets into her nightgown and starts rubbing her boobs. And then he like Kool-Aid mans his way through the door super loud. And she gets yeah. up calmly to go see what happens. And then it just a quick edit. And she's like in the cow in the corner cowering. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what, what was happening here. <laughs> I got to add confused. Cause the first kill was the nurse who goes home and before she gets undressed, takes her panties off first. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe there were, Sweating from being on her feet all day. I I don't know, but yeah, this movie was was not good. Again, if you like it, you liked it. I I was just like, oh my god, there's probably a reason why I didn't see this. What uh, you when, uh, it, when it came out? What you think about his uh, racist monologue? Where it <laughs> kind of felt like he was looking at us. Yeah, <laughs> this is. This is the best of eighties, seventy nine probably when they filmed this, but um, different times. Uh, and the the, the, the only word, the only word we could say here is when he was like, "Oh, you ain't gonna beat up this honky, not this white man." Yeah, I'm like, uh, okay, that's uh, how we're going. But if you do look at a, a lot of these horror movies, or just kind of movies in general in the eighties, man, they were loosely. And, and some other ones were really just up front yeah, with, he, the, with the N-word and the derogatory for Mexicans and Chinese and, and everything. It, what was weird is he, he drops the N-bomb to the, to the pimp. And he, uh, he only gets mad because he called him stupid or something or dumb. He's like, who are yeah. you calling dumb? I was like, whoa, that's the only thing you're mad about? I know, man. I mean, any pimp would have put the, with the pimp, pimp hand down quick. As soon as that N-word came out, and I was like, all right, I guess they were soft uh, in the 80s and in Hollywood or wherever the hell they were in this. I was just like, oh, man. I mean, it. the movie isn't very long. It, it moves pretty quickly, but it's just, like, pointless. I mean, the, the trailer itself made it seem like, don't answer the phone or so-and-so's going to come get you. They show way too much in the trailer. Pretty much every kill, they don't, I mean, they don't, as much as they could show in a trailer. But I was like, damn. I mean, if you don't want to watch this, because I'm sure we're not selling it to you, um, watch the trailer. That's the whole movie right there. And there's pretty much even the ending in it. And I was like, damn. <laughs> what I mean, he's, he's, his phone calls are not even creepy either. I mean, if you get a phone call from him, you might be talking to Raul or whoever he was trying to be on the phone. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it was nothing crazy. It wasn't like uh, evil in New Year's Evil when he was had that crazy voice. I mean, there was not. He was just yeah. yeah. Uh, I was like, oh, come on, bro. It was, I mean, clearly, he, it was clearly a guy trying to do a Hispanic accent. Yeah, I was like, come on. I mean, <laughs> but uh, let me just read you some of this. Vietnam vet, amateur, amateur bodybuilder. 
okay, a talented, <laughs> a, well, a talented porno photographer. Kirk oh, the, the guy, I don't know if he was the same guy, but the guy from Porky's. Yeah, he, Porky was in this. Yeah, Chuck, he, Chuck he, he, he said he was an excellent photographer, so maybe he is talented. Uh, he was, he, he had to, yeah, he needed that, that, that rough voice. I'm like, Porky, you don't sound like that. He's only Porky in my eyes. Well, he, he, he tried to, tried to sleaze it out. But I was just like, oh man. Uh, Kirk Smith is a crazy killer who stalks the streets of Los Angeles, picking up young women, strangling them in a lewd, lurid fashion and sexually abusing their dead bodies. Okay. Uh, the opening shot of the film splits uh, the frame into two images. Kirk's flexing his muscles in a pose <laughs> and a large crucifix. Between murders, he carries out twisted religious ceremonies, his imaginary conversations with his dead father, and weeps like a baby. He reportedly contacts Dr. Lindsay Gale with a uh, Lindsay Gale, a psychologist with a radio show as well as a private therapy practice. He calls her show, speaking with an assumed Spanish accent and complaining about the chronic headaches and blackouts. He follows one of Dr. Gale's female patients home from her therapy session and tortures her the, and tortures the patient to death. He he also murders a prostitute while on the phone to Dr. Gale's show, forcing Dr. Gale to listen to the victim's cries. Okay. Now, I, I might have blacked out, but did they ever flesh out the religious ceremonies or stuff in this movie? Uh, if he did, it was like maybe a second. I don't I don't remember any of that. Because like like you read in the description, he goes from bodybuilding to doing <laughs> religious ceremonies. And I'm just kind of like, what am I watching? <laughs> I don't know I mean this was my pick everybody and I mean it's good that we're talking about it but uh, again you could probably live the rest of your lives and not watch this movie but for, I mean again there is an audience for every movie out there no bad no matter how bad it is I mean you look how big troll 2 and that movie's terrible <laughs> but and everybody <laughs> loves it it's like what was that documentary the the greatest the best worst movie ever made or something like that yeah um you could put hey. this in that category but i wouldn't hey, call it best or greatest we, when we reviewed it on the horror returns uh i, I kind of gave control to a, a high score just because it fell in that so bad it's good entertaining category but yeah i could tell you that troll 2 is way better than this shit um at least i had some <laughs> in entertainment value yeah, this was just like, what What am I watching? I mean, not so much a snuff film or anything, but it was just like sleazy Hollywood L.A. in the late 70s or early 80s. All right. All right this, okay. Two, two goofy detectives named Hatcher and McCabe are charged with the task of tracking, tracking him down. When McCabe first questions Dr. Gale, his manner is brisk and unsympathetic. She she develops a strong dislike for him. However, he later prevents one of the patients from coming committing suicide, after which Dr. Gale becomes fond of McCabe and then they have a brief love affair. He basically told that lady that was going to commit suicide. Nobody's going to really care if you do. Yeah. So you might as well get down now. I was like... Well, there's no cell phones. There's none of that back in these days, everyone. So pretty much you could say whatever you want 
and no one's gonna hear it <laughs> so there was no body cams or any of that during this time either but all right hatcher and mckay visit uh a whore and drug house in search of a witness who has seen the strangler leaving the scene of one of his murders but he but the witnesses who is a pimp and a drug dealer attacks them and they shoot them to death with without being able to question him all right this scene like went super quick i mean this little one sentence made it seem like it was a big action scene but it was wasn't much to it but a lot of cocaine involved in this scene <laughs> yeah but the the typical pimps uh, that you that you see in in these type of films with the the big hats and all this but oh we didn't even talk about the psychic <laughs> what did I don't even remember that. How, what, what happened there? Remember the guy that came in? He was a psychic, and he was giving him information, and so they arrested him because he knew too much. Oh, okay. And that was it, I think. Yeah. Or I think that might have led to this. Well, he know. did kind of tell was... him. He, he did give him some information, and then that was the end of him. So, but mm, I guess you just, hey, let's throw this in the story. To try to keep it moving. <laughs> Again, this movie's really short, but they were, to me, it was just like, come on, what are you guys doing here? It was just a lot. To me, it seemed like it was just a lot of stuff. All right, action, and they just filmed. One yeah, one and like and I said, there was, together. A, there was a lot of cocaine in the scene, and then it got comical when all the the prostitutes started jumping out the window to run away. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was funny, but. All right, Kirk Smith is interrupted at the scene of his next murder by one of the victim by the victim's landlady, and then leaves a portfolio of uh, photographs behind as he flees the scene. All right, he's in there killing that one girl, and she is screaming. So the, the I guess the manager or whatever hears it, and then she kind of goes in one door, and he comes sneaking out the other, and got the hell out of there all during the day. So it wasn't like. Uh, he can hide in the shadows or anything. No, he. But but he. He was kind of well dressed, so I think if you see somebody well dressed, you're not really gonna think, oh, that, that that's a killer. But unless you see somebody in a t-shirt looking all sleazy, and if you did see him, you'd probably go, well, this is what he looked like. But no one probably even looked twice at him. I mean, he wasn't like a um uh, a slob killer. I mean, he yeah. was always nice dressed and his. Super tight shirts and in his sports coats and, and everything. So yeah, he, he he had to look present, he had to look presentable when he goes on job showing his uh, pornography. <laughs> oh my God! Hatcher and McCabe show uh, show the photo the photographs to the local pornography dealer. Um, that was Porky. Uh, he identifies them as uh, work of Kirk Smith. All right. Either he is the only uh, porno photographer in town, but I doubt I could look at someone's pictures and go, oh, that's uh, Kirk Smith. But but then you, you got to move the story along. So he's the like, expert. Yeah, he's the, the porn expert. Now, of course, he's Porky. He has his own uh, whorehouse. And, and then like, they, like they said, uh, Kirk is a talented uh, porno photographer. Um, well, photography in general is, uh, is a skill. You can't just 
do do what I do and just point my phone at and take pictures. I mean, I, I guarantee there's been maybe one or two pictures out of the thousands that I've taken that I think are good. But I guess, I, I don't know. Maybe it's just the way he... I mean, the pictures that he had in there, it wasn't like your smut pictures of whoever just open to the world and, and all that. No, it was... There were nude women, but they... I, yeah, I it, say tasteful, but <laughs> it, it would have made more sense if they found a photograph of one of the victims that he yeah. photographed, and then it, they the Porky's uh, uh, was the I don't know his character's name Chuck Mitchell, the guy who played uh, the character. He's Porky. If he was yeah Porky, <laughs> if um if he was able to identify the victim in the photog uh, the photograph, and that that's how they led led them to Kirk. That would have made more sense than just some random picture and like, oh yeah, that's uh, that's Kirk. I know his work anywhere. They were high quality pornographic <laughs> pictures. <laughs> when the detectives search Smith's apartment, they find the pictures of Dr. Gale and realize he has selected her to be his next victim. During this time, Smith invades Dr. Gale's home, tries to tie her up and terrorize her for hours. Uh, ranting about his childhood, grabbing her breasts and shouting, "Shut up, or I'll tear them off! I'll tear your tit off!" All right, yeah, he finally gets to to Gail after he pretty much killed um, her patients and everything. And when he killed them, when he was killing these ladies, it was all just home invasions and tear your clothes off and kill you. And they they never showed like him raping anyone, but the the cops and everything kind of alluded to that's that's what he was doing. But he gets into her house and she's like getting ready for bed or whatever. And he just kind of breaks in and then they, they kind of go back and forth a little. And she's basically trying to do her, her psychiatrist stuff. And he starts talking about his dad and this and that. And then he starts crying. And I was like, wait, that's all you had to do is bring up his dad. Because <laughs> he's all, he's whimpering. And then he turns around and goes, <laughs> then he starts laughing and he was just messing around so and then he attacks her oh well, he could when she's standing there and he like grabs one of her tits and shut up or i'll tear it off and then like, whoa kirk <laughs> calm down <laughs> all right mccabe goes to dr gale's home just in time to rescue her uh at the end of the protected struggle mccabe shoots smith many times all right before that he gets the McCabe gets to the, to the house and he kind of just barges his way in because he hears all the the hoopla going in there and then he he attacks Kirk and Kirk since he's the bodybuilder man he basically just like almost suplexed that guy and just, just slammed him on the couch and they were kind of wrestling around and then he he reaches for his gun and then uh, he blasts uh, Kirk. Um, probably different times in the late seventies early eighties but he shoots him in the back multiple times but i was sitting i was thinking well you're shooting people in the back but he did attack the cop first so i i guess once you put your hands on a cop they can just open fire on you so uh he shoots him and he just kind of stumbles down falls gets up stumbles and then falls into the motion scene yeah (laughs) (laughs) He, he just keeps gunning him up and then he falls into the into the swimming pool. Say and the then, line. Which one? Adios, creep. 
Oh, yeah, I was about to say. <laughs> uh, the film ends with a shot of uh, Smith's bullet-ridden body floating as McCabe snarls, adios, creep, and that's your movie. Um, but did, did, uh, did the director think this was going to be a franchise and this character, this was going to be like his catchphrase or something? I, I don't know. Um, that's why he probably only made one movie. Maybe he saw it and said, all right, I don't, I'm not good at, at directing. I'm not saying it, it was bad directed. The thing that I love the most about this was the um, the score. The, the eerie synth, crazy killer, uh, early 80s horror music uh, or whatever. I mean, uh. it's re- it was really cool. I really... I think if there was like if this was a soundtrack and just listening to it, I mean the music is way better than than the actual film. Um, but you like the the pimp music they were playing? Yeah, even that. Yeah, even <laughs> that. <laughs> I mean, whoever did the music? Okay, music by Byron Alred. Whoever this person is, man, he killed it on the music, uh, on the whole score and everything. And I did like the way they edited it and put it all together, but it, it seemed like just a lot of shots. All right, do this, go. And and they just filmed it and, and threw it all together. Um, nothing against any of the actors. I thought everybody did their job. This just was not a good movie. I mean, I love Nicholas Worth. He's, he's done a ton of movies that I've seen him in. Um, and I've I've always liked him, but this one kind of made me not like him. But I mean that they don't I don't know who these audience was cheering for uh this maniac, but um <laughs> I don't know. Have we ever done Dark Man? I don't think we have, have no, we? Or have not. you guys? No, not yet. Uh well he's in that and uh of course Swamp Thing. Um I remember he had a small little part in uh, Clint Eastwood's Heart break ridge in the beginning of the film he was like but, a henchman in uh best of the best two that's right the he, the scene where they blow up the 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 farm or the ranch or whatever yeah. he's the guy that's like can i do it can i light it <laughs> uh he just had a birthday uh earlier this month on september 4th but he, he passed away uh may 7th of 2007 at the age of 69 i don't know what happened but he he's done he's done a lot of stuff man he was a part of the pasadena playhouse and appeared in local stage productions i mean that's where pretty much a lot of these actors go i mean they they you got to start out somewhere and he's done a ton of movies and tv so that this guy is well known um even if you don't know who he is and, and you look him up there i'm guarantee you there's at least two or three things that you have seen him in yeah, he's but, definitely one of those guys. Like, if you don't know his name, you've seen him in something. Yeah, but... All right, everyone, don't answer the phone. 1980, rated R horror thriller, Robert Hammer. Um, If you want to deal with all the ads, or who put this out on Blu-ray? Vinegar Syndrome. Yeah, if you're one of those guys that just loves everything that they put out and... I don't know. If you like the movie, please reach out and let us know why, why you like this movie. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think I can go the rest of my life now without watching this movie uh, again. Uh, maybe if they did a riff tracks, I would sit through it. But who knows? Probably they probably already did, and we're just now 
doing it. But Plex, come on. I mean, I know you got to pay the bills with your ads, but cut cut at least 25 of them out. Because that was a lot of <laughs> of ads. Uh, hold on, Larry. Let me let, really quick before we get out of here. Let me um look at some of these reviews. All right, this guy, ten out of ten. Nicholas Worth gives a uh, a glorious Gonzo performance as a uh, severely deranged Vietnam psycho. Vet. All right, cool. Ten out of ten. Hmm. Okay. Um. This person, nine out of ten. Nicholas Nicholas Worth is a genius. Yeah, he's good in the film. So are he, they are they rating the movie? Or are they rating Nicholas Worth? I think they're rating him. Because <laughs> um, he he does it. He he can he he's creepy. He's suave and sophisticated, and he it was a good role for him to to be this guy, to be Kirk Smith, to be uh, a killer of women. Yeah, he, I mean, he he flips the switch in this movie because the the one the hooker he picks up, he's all like, you know, let's, let's go back to your let's go back to your place, baby, you know. And then all of a sudden he's like, do you get high? And then she's like, no. And he's like, don't lie to me, bitch. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at a lot of these reviews and it's just praising to to him, which is good. I mean, I'm, yeah. yeah, like I said, he, he he's he's good in this, but it's just not. Not that good of a film, everyone. So, but all right, we're giving this movie way too much than we should. Um, again, you some of you are probably going. You guys don't know what you're talking about. This movie's awesome. Cool. If you like it, you like it. But I can safe to say that we didn't like it, and that was don't answer the phone. So, uh, Brian and I will be back with more. Well, I'll give you a little teaser. There's a short film called Don't Answer the Phone on YouTube. And we might as well do that next. So be uh, come back tomorrow for a short film of Don't Answer the Phone. So, but with that, everyone, be safe, and we'll see you uh, tomorrow. So till then, party on. <laughs>